Hi, I'm Sandy Gardner, and you're listening to Late Night Vacuum. Welcome to the Late Night Vacuum. And we're live yet again with another episode of Late Night Vacuum. I'm one of the two hosts here at Grockies, and to my left is... Dubla Thackeray. Hello, fuckers. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's our pet name for everything now. How is everybody? I hope you're all well and wonderful. I know I am. Shall we harmonize, dear boy? Oh, yes, we do do that, don't we? Harmony time. One, two, three. You made me yawn, you bastard. My work here is done. Uh, how can you be yawning? It's like 11 o'clock where I am. What time is it where you are? Nap o'clock. Nap o'clock. I would talk about Napa. I'm drinking a nice large glass of wine. Mm. It looks delicious. I wish I could have some. Mm, it is so good. So, um, after me being so incredibly talkative in the last broadcast, the last podcast, um, I have reneged. I have thrown everything across to you, Gracky. So, lead on, Macduff. What are we the, what are we talking about today? This podcast is so screwed now. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick off with what we've been playing, and this time I'm gonna ask Dublar. Dublar, what have you been playing for this past week? Um, I have been playing uh, a couple of things. There is one particular game that I've been playing, um, but I'm not really wanting to talk about it too much. Uh, and okay. I'll explain why. It's called November 1979. Um, mm -hmm. It's basically uh, a game that just came out about four or five days ago. It's got about 92% uh, review score. Uh, it's about uh, the uh, Iranian uh, revolution, um, various things that happened, um, decisions that you make, and it's kind of like a historical document game. Uh, it's immediately captivating. It's an indie game. It's very well done. Um, I think it's still on sale for its, on its launch. Uh, hang on. Calderath, don't you count my arms, you bad, bad man, woman <laughs> thing, you. In I case he doesn't edit it out for anyone that doesn't know, du Dublar has a little bit of a thing with ums occasionally, and we will If you mention the ums, everyone's going to notice it. I was telling people in our pre-show just exactly how many ums I edited out in the podcast. Podcast listeners, you have no idea how lucky you are. Um, oh, fuck. Okay. So don't, don't laugh. Um, fuck. November 1979 is a, a very fun game, but I'm playing it on my laptop and 
It's an I3, and it's just a little bit herky-jerky, so I'm stopping playing it so I can play it on the better machine this weekend. Fuck me, that was hard. (laughs) The reason I was laughing is because when... I went through public speaking and model UN and they trained us not to say, um, we got embarrassed every time we said it. So I was remembering all the crap I went through with it and it, it, it breaks you of the habit pretty quickly. So I was kind of laughing cause I was more remembering how, how we did it. And it was, it was, don't worry. It was actually far more brutal than a couple people just counting it. Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind. Mm, I don't mind that. It's if I say that word, people begin to pick up on it. And if you're listening to this on the podcast and all you hear is a thousand of them, you'll go mad. And I don't want that for anybody. I also have been. Oh, God, this is hard. I've also been playing um, a couple of uh, iOS games. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. I've been playing Exploding Kittens, Ooh. which yeah, it's on uh, it's on uh, iPhone iPhones now, so it can be very good plaything. Yes, <laughs> I believe that's actually based on a tabletop card game and started as kittens in a blender and then became Exploding Kittens and then went to apps, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> so we're not sure, certain. So if anyone wants to leave a comment on if Exploding Kittens is a tabletop based off of Kittens in a Blender, which I know is a tabletop game, please do leave yeah. a comment. Who's in the name says Android very soon for Exploding Kittens. Most excellent. And I've also been playing. Oh, my God. Have I been playing Card Wars? It's a Cartoon Network game uh, hmm. uh, based on Adventure Time. Oh, Adventure Time. Oh, yes. So it's basically you've got your four terrain, four or five terrains. You've got your mana points. You've got your characters you can put down. You've got your special moves. All your characters have floops so they can you know do uh, special moves themselves. Nice. Um, oh! And it's really good. It's really enjoyable. I'm addicted. Uh, I may not go to sleep after this recording. I may just play another five hours of it into the wee hours. It's so addictive. Have you played Pocket Mortys at all? Pocket Mortys? Yeah. You, You haven't heard of Pocket Mortys? I haven't heard of Pocket Mortys. In the same vein as the Adventure Time game, which I, I have actually seen pictures of that, uh, Adult Swim did a game, the Rick and Morty game, which is Pocket Mortys, which is basically a direct Pokemon rip, but it's all satire. And instead you collect different Mortys to battle with and you battle your Mortys against each other. This is actually a real game. You weren't being. Oh, funny. it's a very real game. Oh, wow. Uh, is it is it a good game? It's it's amazing. It, it, it is absolutely amazingly done. It's well written. The voices in it are are great. It's 
plays very easily. It's a direct nod right back to Pokemon. So if you like that style of collecting game and RPG type of fighting where it, it's, you know, turn-based back and forth battling just like Pokemon is, it's it's an amazing satire and nod to that series. I, I was surprised. I thought it would be complete crap. It's hilarious. I so I would check recommend that checking that one out. Yeah. To anyone out there, if you haven't heard of it, check it out. It's a great, it's a great little app game. Cool beans. And uh, what have you been playing, fucker? Star Citizen. I've heard of that. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Star Citizen because I'm addicted to PTU. Seriously, yeah. I can't stop when I'm on. Whenever PTU's up, I have a compulsion. It's like, oh, it's a test build. I, I really want to help. I just, so I, been- I need to QA. What's been happening in the test builds this week? What have you, what changes have they, or tweaks have they been putting in? What have you seen? Most of what the notes that have been coming out are little things like they, they helped uh, change some stuff with landing and they've tweaked some things with uh, like the, the latest patches, quantum fuel refueling for some ships that weren't getting refueled at Cryastro. I actually yeah. noticed one of those yesterday. My M50 didn't get refueled and everyone was telling me, oh, you refuel at Cryastro. And I'm like, really? The couple of ships I've been using haven't. And I took my M50 oh, no, over there and it didn't. And a note came out today and said, you refuel there. And I went. Oh, it was broken. Okay. Oh, I, I just thought they hadn't yeah. fixed it yet because it, it for a long time, Cryaster didn't fix a lot of stuff, so I wasn't sure where it was on the priority list. But they, they worked on that. But the biggest stuff is they've been trying to eliminate some server crashes, client-side crashes. They've been logging and monitoring a lot of stuff around slowdowns. They're trying to stop the super spawns of NPCs. And one of the things I did on PTU recently was the get together with a group of people. And I think we might have talked about this last we week. We talked about this last week. And yeah. you basically um, had space Bukake. Yeah, that's been still happening where people try to create a swarm of NPCs around an area and cluster up on some of the comm arrays and just hammer the crap out of the servers as much as we can. And... Uh, this week, I, I've had several server crashes, client crashes. Yesterday, I actually even put a crash counter hat on because every time I tried to log into one of the servers, it crashed. Oh, bugger. Yeah, it w- I actually got five crashes back to back just trying to log into the servers. But the thing about PTU and the thing that I always have to remind my community whenever I'm in there, because sometimes new people show up and they're like, oh, my God, this is crashy and terrible. It's like, no, PTU, I want to be crashing. Because oh, if I'm crashing and sending a report in, it means they can find it and get rid of it. At this stage in the game, I'm okay with crashing the crap out of it in a PTU to make sure it doesn't happen to live and that when they get into beta, we've got a really stable beta. I think that's an interesting observation. And it may, and this is more, I guess, because of uh, people tuning in to see Star Citizen being streamed by yourself, for example, where they uh may not be aware of the fact that it is for, it is obviously t- trying to get it stable but crashing is a valuable thing and, and you're mm-hmm. actively trying to make it crash yeah i do i always have some logic behind my insane experiments that i do like when i'm pushing a benny around and in, in interacting with them some of the times i'm doing that stuff and certain ships that i'm pushing a bennies and then other boxes 
into or because in the past I've seen things like if I put four objects inside a constellation that are technically the the boxes are client side. But if I put four mm -hmm. of them in a constellation, I could crash the server in the past. So sometimes I'll go back to those old bugs that I saw and check them again when they've made changes server side and they're they're checking new things just to see if, hey, maybe a crash has been brought back. So even though I'm doing something completely ridiculous, in the back of my head, there's always a series of like checks that I'm looking mm. at every time I'm doing something ridiculous and nuts. So uh, apart from that, have you been playing anything else? No, this week has pretty much all been Star Citizen because PTU, PTU, PTU. That and I've been spending a lot of time doing D&D &D writing. Oh, yes, for the game. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I Mouth is broken again. There is actually something happened space-worthy that I think yes. is worth sharing that just happened. Do you want to yes. tell, tell everyone? So I did definitely want to, before we got into Star Citizen, because we all love space, wanted to bring this up. Uh, huge congratulations. Huge congratulations. <laughs> Say, to, um, it just makes life easier. Um, huge congratulations to SpaceX and NASA. And, well, I tweeted to Pat Newsbear just to, you know, be a little snarky, but also because it was awesome. They launched a Falcon 9 rocket with, uh, I think it was a... Dragon 8? I, I can't mm -hmm. remember the what was the payload, but they launched it and successfully, for the first time today, landed a Falcon 9 on a drone ship out in the ocean. So they had the first stage recovered, and they successfully finally stuck the damn landing. And Bad News Baron was there for the launch in Florida and streamed a launch of a Falcon 9 live on Twitch. So Lovely. It, this was a an awesome day for space and for the space communities here on Twitch. It was just th this was a beautiful, beautiful moment and a beautiful day and seeing everyone cheering so much. It it was great. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. A good day for space. Um, fuck. Um. <laughs> so you're thrown off uh, so badly. Tell me about it. Well, thank God you're you're, you're the conversational anchor. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go go from space current to space future, where we all hope to be, and get into some Star Citizen topics. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talk this week, and um, we're gonna as well. We're gonna we're gonna kick off with something from the end of ATV that really, oh, really, yes. really got us excited. Oh. And I want to hear Dublar's initial reaction to this, and I want him to share it with everyone. But at the end of ATV, they showed that little fast-forward preview of the procedural planet. So what, what was your take? What did you see? I had a bit of a squee attack. Um, pretty much like everyone else, uh, I hope. Uh, so I saw something. You saw something. I'll let you say what you saw. Mm -hmm. What I saw was uh, a horizon, a curvature. I saw uh, beautiful shadows, and I saw some shadow kind of uh, flickering uh, for up close, which is the thing that they're trying to work and fix on, uh, which was, you know, great. Um, fuck, I said, um... I also found out that uh, that video was a month and a half old. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that was done Damn. a month and a half ago. 
So can you say what you noticed? I loved it, by the way, of course. Besides the fact that it was beautiful scenery and the planet looked amazing. And yeah, there was some shadow flicker, but there usually is when you're first working on lighting. That yeah. That's a pretty nasty thing in a game. And the nebulas in the background were, were spectacular looking off in the horizon. You had the atmosphere. But because they were running it out of CryEngine, my eye was drawn to the top right corner of that video. And immediately I noticed they're standing on a procedural planet, fully generated, looking off. Yep to a very distant horizon and they were running the damn thing at 50 frames a second now that was nice so i have no idea how much lod work went into that but you know a month and a half ago this is r&d tech and they're running it at 50 frames a second on this generated planet and i just went ha huh, oh okay that impressed me it's it's not just a cool piece of terrain it's a cool piece of terrain procedurally generated at a really high frame rate. That's that's pretty damn good. I'd like to know what equipment they had when they were running it. Oh, I would like to know that as well. I'd also like to know, I mean, I'm assuming that what we saw of that terrain was actually uh, planetary wide. So it was just, you know, it's more focusing around shadow work than uh, about population of content so i'd imagine they've already got other variations of that but it looked really nice yeah so i was i was pretty impressed with the fact that they showed us some r d nods and they're just like hey we're walking around on a procedural planet now and guess what we've also we're running it pretty pretty smoothly so far so that's uh that's a pretty big step forward that I didn't expect this quickly. And the fact that it's a month and a half ago finding that out, it's like, damn, they're making strides that we're just not seeing yet. Yeah, of course. They just have given us to play with. I want to play uh, with it. We, we shall see it soon enough. So, yeah, anything else? Anything else? From the planet, I didn't see really too much more. The shadow work was great off in the distance in the mountains. But again, from ATV, one of the things that I noticed was it, it was sort of a it wasn't exactly read between the lines like you have to sometimes, but it was in the way they talked about it and were excited when they were talking from the Austin studio and they were talking about persistence and shopping. Yes. And the big thing that caught my attention with the persistence and shopping with that was the fact that they were using DataForge now, which means yes. they're putting all the goods into play. So, and I apparently uh, India is extremely excited about persistence as well. I, I didn't know. You can hear her in the background. Yeah, I, I could hear her. She's excited for persistence. I think she's she's telling me she's not getting um, some 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 loving. This is a cat, by the way. No, it's Stubler's gimp. <laughs> I'm sorry, that meow there was so questioning too. It, was, it went up at the end. It was like, let's keep let, let's keep what? going while I pet uh, somebody who's just wanting some good cat. Yes. I'm petting her like a dog. She's not complaining. So yes, you were saying, sir. Keep talking. While you're distracted, I was I was going to ask for your take on uh, noticing the data forge uh, and uh, how they're I didn't importing it. Notice it. I must admit, um, 
I, that completely passed me by. So that was a very good spot by yourself. But if they put it into Data Forge, it means that they're at the uh, the, the the delivery equivalent of vinegar strokes. So typically, typically, uh, it means yeah. that. So uh, I think this bodes well that we'll get to you know you know see uh, quite a few things hopefully coming through in terms of the first uh, persistence release. Yeah, because they were giving us nods to working on the shopping UI before and how they were working out the systems with MobiGlass and interactions. So the fact that now they were talking about DataForge, that to me made my ears perk up a little bit and go, wait a second, they were talking just UI before. Now they're talking about putting all the actual items into the game and getting all that information. And it's like, that, that's that's pretty tail end of that. We might be seeing that in 2.4, which had me go, yay, shopping montage finally. <laughs> that would be so good. The uh, what what did take my eye in uh, ATV was the discussion about how you fly larger ships. Now, this mm. was something that oh, I don't know where it was mentioned. Almost a year, almost a, a year or so ago, uh, they were talking um, about. The, I think it was like a secondary comment about having a different type of flight for larger ships. And yep. that was basically you plot your course and then the ship goes there, which for, which was basically uh, confirmed again or reaffirmed by um, Chris in the 10 for. But he also mentioned that there was the ability to take manual control. That's the cool part, the options between them. And I mean, not to draw a correlation too much between current games, but things like World of Warships has that where you can do the auto navigation by map and plot out your course around the, the little battle area. Or if you have to, you can take manual control if you need to dodge some torpedoes and incoming fire. So I kind of have that picture. Yeah, I'm going to get a really big ship and I'll be in the commander's chair you can be my helmsman and i'll say <laughs> take her out of dock <laughs> you don't want me piloting one of those things <laughs> it will be so or maybe fun. you do i want to see what happens depends so, on yeah. if i get into a hug again or not oh my god yes the dreaded hug again the uh i'm just looking see how i avoided the um i'm just looking at various odds and sods so also with the atv well, it was the first time that the 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 misc uh mining ship got its name oh the prospector yes Yeehaw, we're going out west boys Yeehaw. one of those i can't do that yeah <laughs> pretend, pretend we didn't do that uh gotta work on the crazy old prospector and we also had uh uh idea of bonuses for uh, uh ship components oh you didn't pick that uh, the, i missed that one so the idea would be say you have an anvil ship maybe mm -hmm. there are certain components you can fit into that ship which are uh, more designed or friendly. So maybe it's either an anvil component or it's a partner to the anvil uh, oh, manufacturing. That's thing. right. Yeah. So the idea is, could we then have, uh, you know, modificate mo modifiers on performance? So it'd work perfectly fine anywhere else, but it'd be slightly better with that, with a, a certain kind of ship. Some sort of synergy bonus thing. 
Yeah, and then that uh, flipped around into, will parts from the Asperia glaive be used to repair a Vandal Scythe? And the answer was yes, but they don't really know if there'll be a, you know, a bonus or penalty for uh, these kind of repairs. So that was quite interesting, I must say. Because it's a recreation, it's not actual alien mm -hmm. parts for an alien ship. So could we use human parts? Probably. But yeah. are they going to be the best? Like, maybe we should go capture a few extra scythes and strip them down for scythe parts sort of thing. Yeah. Um, um, and also for people who like multiple positions, there was a question about horizontal and vertical flight modes for the Cartuale and the Reliant. Transform uh, and roll out. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Um, so the, the, the notion was, uh, can you change flight modes? So it, manually it was quite yeah. manually change it. And it was quite an interesting one because right now, I think in my head, I'd always kind of, not always, I'd kind of assumed that because the MISC Reliant has the horizontal and vertical flight, that would transfer also conceptually to the car to Al. Uh, but it doesn't because I forgot that the Jian fly vertical ships. Yeah, they, they have a very different as a, style. As a, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, not it, just their culture and their Yeah, their so building. it's... it's, it's it's therefore not a ship that would, uh, oh, yeah, and now we switch to this mode. It's more it's like, well, it is a vertical ship. And I yep. honestly completely forgot about that. So I was assuming that it would actually flip. So that was just a, a little bit of nerd correction on my side for myself, for which me, was good to have. I, I want to extend on that a little bit, and not just with, say, the Reliant and the Cartuol, but mm -hmm. with all ships, for the love of God, please stop with the automated landing gear and let us just have a button we can bind to put our landing gear down. Let don't 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 have it, it if happen. I'm too close to a rock. Just give me give me a button I could press on the keyboard, something where I could just go boop, and then my landing when, gear comes out. And then when boop, they and it goes when, up. when they add that, and I imagine they will, we can take that as one of one of those good sign indicators of yeah, okay. If they're doing that, everything is at Google, everything else. I, I, um, just, I, I just want a button for manual. <laughs> I've wanted that for a long time. You want a button from oh, there's a joke there somewhere. Did you see the weapon question in ATV? E, was that an ATV? Yeah. Uh, 10 for the chairman. <laughs> yes, intent for the chairman. And I did I'm just see gonna it. I'm going to drink my wine. You keep talking. I definitely saw that question, and that one stood out to me because th there's a new thing that I do on my stream, and everyone knows the word to yell out when it's time for it, because until they give me a frying pan that I can use for a weapon so I can run around and go spang, I, <laughs> I don't know what that noise was, but it sounded like the noise a wine drinker makes. Yes. <laughs> but... Uh, the one the one main thing that I love to yell out, and I don't know why I started doing this. I just sort of did. But uh -huh. I always have to get myself a shotgun. And right now it's in it's an FPS. It, they have the electric shotgun. But someone brought up in 10-4, how about a ship-mounted shotgun? And I went, ooh. Mm -hmm. So then I can fly around and go, shotgun, shotgun. As soon uh, as I heard that, I went, that's such a good idea. 
A flat. I mean, that's this a, is a flat cannon, basically. This is why we have bumpers on cars to get rid of pedestrians. So, equally, let's have a shotgun on spaceships. I'm not sure how the correlation happens, but I, I'm okay with it. What about shotguns on cars? Then we're playing Car Wars, a most excellent game. I'm good I'll with that a, too. I'll do a D1 drift, see where we go. <laughs> but who? I can't remember who it was that asked that question and came up with that. That was actually a brilliant idea. And I'm surprised that like a flat cannon shotgun for a ship wasn't in there. And I really hope that's on the list pretty quick because I think that's going to be pretty. Yeah, I think it's worth a, a shout out. It's actually not so accurate and it was observed. Therefore, yes, shotgun. Not so yeah, accurate. So, Beautiful yeah. idea. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I just heard that, I went, this is good. It, it's like, uh, there's. A, I think in Japan right now, there are cars with airbags on the outside so that when oh. you crash into people, they become protected. So I equally, I think a shotgun to protect them from your wrath should uh, they you know hurt your ship makes perfect sense. So yes, I'm very, very up for that. But so that also that, so does that mean if it's if it's a correlation to the airbag on the outside of the ship, does that mean when I hug someone a shotgun will go off? I so want to make a joke about that. I set that up perfectly for you. I was wondering if I, you could resist. I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> Everyone fill in the blank. So the now this is the thing that I'm interested about with this entire externalized shotgun thing, uh, based upon the hard point notion. Because mm -hmm. one of the things that was said about ships and their hard points is that uh, we've only seen a small fragment of them. They're already accounted for nominally, and that will allow us to have additional. Um, conceptually think of it if you want to put a picture on a wall you're attaching it to a kind of like a nominal hard point concept yeah so that means you can have internal defense systems especially for larger ships so you could have your connie or your starfarer or um your uh tally or whatever with some kind of internalized defense system anti-boarding shotgun yeah so this is an external version of that, which I find quite interesting. And so the question then becomes, does that become, you know, is that, could that kind of work in part of the kind of the, the, the hard point concept? Is there, do we have those kind of external hard points and how easy would they be to add? That would be pretty cool. I'm picturing, honestly, I'm picturing the scene in, in Star Wars New Hope with the Millennium Falcon. Or I've heard of that. Is it Empire Strikes Back where it deploys? It's... The, it's it's that film with Han in it. It's the Falcon, though. It deploys the laser underneath and opens yeah, fire. and it goes down and it goes pew, the pew, the pew. I th don't think that's in um, episode four, so I think it's in episode five. Yeah, I, I know there's one of them where the Falcon deploys an underside turret gun. Uh, th it has, I, think. I think it has. I think it has to be five. I, let's see if anybody corrects us in chat and... And obviously, for some reason, if, I'm remembering that scene, but I might be totally wrong now. Because I know that Star they Wars, did, no, they well, see, they did two, well, see, they did two runs up the ramp in episode four. It's on Hoth says Broken 44. So it was five, okay. Yeah, I thought that would be it. 
So yeah, you were saying, sorry. It, it threw me off a little bit, but um, it, it would definitely add an interesting mechanic because right now, boarding is going to there isn't going to be much to repel borders except maybe sending people out eva or try, have ships try to scrape them off but then they might be shooting the ship they're protecting and mm. it gives borders a pretty big advantage until they get inside and then they're going to have to fight their way but if they position their boarding position really well where they where they start the boarding they could have a really short run mm-hmm so adding some sort of hull mounted weapons that could pop up or have a little spot that are anti-personnel weapons they're not designed for anything except to repel borders that'd be a cool little feature to be honest it'd be much necessary because i could imagine you getting absolutely swarmed by a bunch of people and you know despite your best intentions i doubt you could beat them all off i will leave that one alone so uh i think that was most from 10 for the chairman uh, did you see anything else there? Not particularly uh, outright. I mean, it, those were the major mentions, but I did want to rewind a little bit. Okay. Because the capital ship control stuff that you were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I believe that was also, was that in ten four? I believe, where he talked about the capital ship controls and the waypoint controls, but a specific ship was referenced besides the idris and that was the starfarer and the piloting yes. of larger ships so with that and knowing that they're further along with the idris and they've been testing that internally and that the starfarer is now approaching flight testing and i believe that came up in what was it rtv uh, yeah it came up so now we're looking at the possibility where Starfare might be coming up a little bit sooner than we think. Do you think that might be a 2.4 possibility? Or do you think that it's still going to need some more work and we're looking more at a 2.5 thing to get it all the kinks worked out and get the Starfare in there? So my prediction for 2.4 is that we will have Starfarer flyable. And we will have the Reliant in Hangar. Ah. I think that's kind of where we are and where we're getting for. Um, so, and I think it would be at some point, of course, we'll get the Starfarer in. And them having the plotty course system is uh, obviously a fantastic way to test it because hello. So I could I could greatly imagine that being part of the of the release. That would be pretty impressive if they do have the plotting course. And the bigger thing is, does that mean that we now will get a map of Crusader of some kind so that when you're plotting your course, you get to pull it up in the ship in some sort of control screen and plot your course on a map so we'll actually see it mapped out? You see, possibly, but allow me to go into Realm. Uh, I, I, th I think we could, but I think there's stuff happening with 2.4 and 2.5 that we're going to get because of the um the item system which will allow us to have new ui mm -hmm. but if we have new ui what that can then allow us to do is have slightly start the start of an improvement in our seat system where we actually have controls over things right so 
uh, I would love to see, and let's see how wrong I am, because you've got uh, if the the main seat of the Starfarer is actually not the seat that pilots. It's the capital kind of concept. It's the bridge, the capital so, chair there. Yeah. So if if you, I could almost imagine if we get in for two point four, I could imagine that the captain's chair wouldn't be necessarily used. But I'm hoping that maybe by two point five, the captain's chair could be used, and that allows you to allocate or do various things. Now that would be a fantastic. That's like uh, pulling out my ass. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But I do think that would be quite lovely. And we'll, we will see it at some point. It's just really a matter of when. But the UI changes uh, and the item system, to me, are the part of the building blocks towards that kind of system. With Starfarer potentially being around the corner, uh, it, one of the, the big things is it's, it's really going to introduce a lot of gameplay, such as boarding the ship actions and mm -hmm. getting into fights in there. But we, we're players that don't just do normal things. So what's your, what do you think the weirdest thing is that's going to get shoved inside the uh, in, inside the hangar there? I, I have to go this route with it I, I because we know it's going to happen. What do you think is going to be the, the weirdest attempt? Uh, well, I'm imagining the Starfarer rear-ending a comma ray, but that's just, that's a rule 34. <laughs> going going after the pylon there at the ICC yeah. probe. Yeah, I've just got an itch. It needs to be scratched. So I, uh, I mean, apart from a thousand uh, Benny machines, uh, I think we'll probably we'll probably ha we'll probably see if we can get a Cutlass in there. Oh, Cutlass is actually that, that's a pretty big ship to try and fit inside. Well, well, obviously, we'll start with smaller ships and work our way up. Well, we already we know Merlin's fit. <laughs> yeah, because we because we don't want to, uh, <laughs> you know, go in uh, too drastically. The just looking at chat right now, we we saw a comment in there that caught us yeah. both off guard, and it was "I'll be in my bunk." So Panda Panda Senpai well is done, well uh, done, Panda. So he loves the spaceships. Of, uh, my my brain is broken. We, I was about to mention something, and uh, I got derailed. You were talking previously about stuff. Okay. Starfarer so, hangar boarding action. Yeah, so it's all gone. It's all gone. We've gone down to our, a mire of, of depravity, and it's all been lost. Fuck socks. The um, and it's a shame because it was almost insightful. Fuck it. We can't allow any of that on our podcast. Oh yes, I remember now in uh, ATV uh, where they went around the studios and they went to Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about uh, getting the internal physics sorted out for pew-pews. Yes. Which means that, yes, we shall have aggressive boarding. It shall be most lovely. Finally, we can shoot someone inside a ship. They're no longer invincible. <laughs> I want to get on someone's ship, walk up to him, well, put a gun to their head, and end it's, it. It's not, 
it's not it wasn't said as if it was done, but they are looking at working on it. Uh, well, yeah. So it, before, I found something that uh, that I'd like to kind of talk about, but have you got anything else from uh, the Temple of the Chairman and ATVs that you want to flag? Nothing's, well, there is something, but it's a bit larger topic. Well, no, I think we should probably, well, let's, let's, let's go and talk about that now, because I do think it's quite important and it's a timely thing, and then we can move into a few other pieces. Yeah, so... All right, with this one, and it's something I've talked about openly on stream several times, and the big thing is we're, we're going to need a lot more information from the devs, but because it was talked about so broadly by Chris Roberts, it's at the, one of those points where it's like, okay, we really are going to need this information now because otherwise it, it could, we're not gonna be able to give feedback on it before maybe things get too far. And that's with the ballistic weapons versus energy weapons and it was talked oh, yes. about as part of the balance is ballistic weapons have limited ammunition so they're a bit more powerful all right i get that that makes sense they're a bit more powerful but another part of the balance to them is that there's a cost associated where there isn't with energy weapons so you have to make them quite a bit more powerful and it wasn't just like a little bit more powerful situation the way it was talked about it was that they're more powerful it was very generalized though and the information that I'm hoping comes out around the ballistic weapons versus energy weapons is really just how much they're going to be doing shield penetration with those things. Because Cause you and I, you're not, yeah. Because yeah. we Go were ahead. talking about this, and it's basically, uh, if not, th this is a fine line of good idea to total fuck upery. It is. There's a very fine line to be ridden. And one of the big things is you, with an MMO, you can't really balance off of money. You can't rely on that for a balance mechanism at all in an MMO like this. That That's that's just a balance mechanism that doesn't work. Money doesn't work to balance anything ever in the history of MMOs because what you do is you get collectives of players, large groups that band together and they throw their collective group of money into things like ammunition and outfit a small group of their best people with it that can hold an area and keep other people from getting the really good money that's in that area and then they lock down the money and they get more mm. money which goes into a vicious cycle and the reason that i'm hoping for more information on is i want to see if shields maybe 100 percent shields slow the weapons down so they're doing like 0.5 percent damage per weapon so you really got to yeah. take the time to bust the shields down a little bit and then you have to work through hull because where it is right now and i realize nothing is fully balanced but where it is right now it's if you take all energy loadout equal pilots equal ships yeah. all energy loadout versus all physical gun loadout all physical gun wins because Absolutely. in the first salvo of them landing shots on each other all energy is trying to rip the shields down isn't doing a damn thing to the other ship and those physical weapons just took out two or three guns right off the other ship almost right away and uncapping badger in chat um mentioned something which i think is actually like kind of the the summer traditional thinking which is i would have thought energy weapons would be more useful because of shields kind of a trade-off energy drains shields but not much against hull while ballistics do opposite but ballistics shields yeah that that's that's where a lot of it's coming in where i really i'm 
this is one of those situations where it's like a plea to the developers type of thing where it's could you please give us more info on where the balance is headed with the shields and the energy weapons because that was the original idea that everyone got when they talked about it was ballistics could pierce shields and get through and they're really good against hull because it's a ballistic but shields are going to slow down ballistics a ton and they're not really going to affect shields very much at all yeah they're, so they're going to have some effect yeah but it's going to be minimal so if you so i mean if it was like uh you know shields were to have a variance of 70 to 90 percent reduction uh of ballistics which is you could then use ballistics and you know pierce the shields but you need a lot of them and it would take time versus can we bring a shield down and then throw ballistics at it now what we could see is we could have emp uh, uh, uh missiles or we could have mines or we could have something which would joker sucker uh, punches joker sucker punches which would take this down and um uh you know it would it's uh, there are efficiencies that can be carried out. Uh, Smart Hater, you say Elite handles this well, I think. It would be great if we could, uh, I, to be honest, it's been so long since I've played Elite, um, to the point that I'm getting emails where they're I, giving I me know, free ships. I, I know what Elite does with it, and I don't necessarily fully agree on that, because with Elite, you have to take the shields down all the way first before mm. you can start hurting the other ship. Yeah, so there isn't so any kind of the shield shields bypass. are yeah. There's there's no bypass. It's auto block all all the way until shields are down, and then it takes them forever to come back. And you can take out sub components then pretty quickly, even with energy weapons. Mm -hmm. And with Star Citizen, it's much much faster paced action. With Elite, it works because it, it's slower, a little bit more tactical. Star Citizen's way uh, higher paced action, but. If we don't know how they're going to balance out, what I really hope to see is that it is going the way we all initially thought, which is if you strip the shields down to a certain percentage, like shields at 100% stop 99% of the ballistic, mm. but they do a little bit to the shields. And then as the shields get to like 80%, now they're now the ballistics are getting through at 10%. And then at 50%, like as the shield comes down, they get weaker against the ballistics going through. So you're going to see people picking hybrid builds. Yeah, they're going to have to make the decision on doing that, or they're going to try and catch people really off guard with an alpha strike build. But they're they're playing it really dangerous because they have limited ammo. It's it's dangerous to do it if someone gets their shields up to full at any point, and they're relying on someone to strip the shields down for them. But they're going to hit like a, a Mack truck if they land the shots. So there's a real risk reward situation going on if you do go for the Alpha Strike build. You could put yourself in a very bad situation by going for it, but you could do something really cool with it. And right now, the way it is, there, there's there's a meta game going on, and it's all you take the ballistics, you win. So it's just, yeah, it's a balance strike that I've seen since Star Wars Galaxy. So I'm I'm not just talking out of nothing here. And the way Star Citizen's going with this is it's very much part one is the money balance. Well, yeah. Now we see the way they're going with this. We just want to qualify. This is yeah, just yeah, yeah. based on a single comment. Uh, based we on, have asked that it'd be great to get more information. Based so on the comment and the current way that things are balanced in the game in arena commander and in the universe so yes to qualify it it's based on the way it is right now and the comment 
Yeah. So with Star Wars Galaxies, there were a couple of things. There was okay. one was the combat stims, which gave you boosts. And the way they went to balance that out was they were limited use. And they were expensive. You had to get really high quality goods to make really good combat stims. However, and our our guild did this very much as well. We banded together as a large group and specifically sought out the materials to build these things. So we sent out large groups of players to mass farm to produce mm -hmm. these. And as a combat medic and crafter, and I specialize in all the crafting to do this, we were making top tier of these goods. So even though they were limited use and extremely expensive, because we had so many people farming for it, what mm -hmm. we did was we gave out combat stims to our six main PVPers, and they could go in as a group of six against a group of 24. And because they had these, they were balanced to be rare and expensive items, they would go in and just wipe them out because they had these rare and expensive balanced items. They were balanced as rare and expensive. But because they could wipe them out, and because we could farm like that and we could push them off of areas where we were farming with just six guys, we just kept a chain going where no one could break it unless they brought in their own people with combat stems. And then it became everyone had to have it in order to even have a chance. Otherwise, it was run the hell away immediately all the time. So everyone else had to stay away from certain areas or they were dead automatic. Because they tried to balance it with cost and rarity of resources, but numbers always end up beating that. So thinking about the ballistic side of things, now this is mm -hmm. obviously uh, not a fine-tuned concept, but uh, could you have it that uh, ballistics, I mean, with all the other conditions, could you have it that uh, ballistics rate of fire, so you're your bang, 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 bang. The difference between those two is the fact that increased uh, rate of fire has uh, increased fatigue on the part. If it has increased fatigue, it'll just break the weapon sooner, so they'll have to leave an area sooner, possibly. Um, but... It could. You well, know, it could be that. Uh, does the fatigue uh, affect pretty much everything about the projectile? Accuracy or... Yeah. There would definitely have to be a lot of... A, a lot of changes around... Yes, if ballistics fatigued the part quicker, it would do that. But that that would solve part it, of the if problem. If it's not... If, if it's a... I mean, because you could have two tiers. You could have permanent fatigue action or you could have a temporary fatigue action, which is that in the same way that uh, with the Le Pew Pew uh, has overheat, what's the ballistic kind of... Overheat. Well, no, you've still got overheat, but that's just one concept of it. Is there another kind of aspect which isn't being recorded through the... Through the uh, uh, the computer system, which it says, "Oh, great! Just you're really firing a lot. Well done, you. You've you've just kind of fucked up the system, and therefore you have to be a bit more controlled in your bursts." That helps a little bit, but then you would have to weaken what the burst does because right now there are very slow rate of fire 
physicals. The tarantulas are pretty slow. Uh, mass mm. drivers are really slow. But one of the things that happens with them is that because they're slow, they hit harder because they're slow instead of, say, the Mantis Gatlins, which are designed to do less per shot, but they have a high rate of fire. The thing is, you get up close and you get that one shot off, you can take out multiple systems because of how it punches the shield in one shot, and that puts the other ship at a disadvantage immediately because they have to take the time to rip down your shields before they can start hitting those subsystems. So because you have that instant shot of, hey, guess what? Just broke your guns, which a, a lot of people have come back and talked to me and said, well, what about the armor systems? Okay, that protects you from immediate death, but that doesn't protect all the ships that have to wear the guns on the outside. You take a hit to mm. a wing, you take a hit to the canard, you hit, take a hit to a turret, you take a hit to a, a, a gimbal mount, any number of other systems, those physical ballistics are still hitting that external item, which does damage to it. Those guns don't have armor. You strip the guns off of a ship with 20, 30 shots, and half of those are hitting each time, You've got a, a gunless ship that you're fighting against now just because you got 20 or 30 shots off. You carry 60 rounds. That guy has no choice but run every single time they run up to against someone with ballistics. I think what we're talking about there is uh, a worst-case scenario based upon reality. Hmm. Um, so as, as real... I mean, the one thing about Star Citizen, and this is the thing that I love about it the most, is their trying to build a game based upon what would happen in real life. Like, for example, mm -hmm. if I were to kill a man or, or a woman, um, you know, equal opportunities, um, I would get into so much shit. Yeah. And uh, go in the game, you would get into so much shit as well. Um, because it's of the, what is the citizen? What is the value of life? What is the X, Y, Z? We have mm -hmm. a permanence in, in, in death. And that entire concept to my mind means that they'll they'll, they'll work something out. It's which just is that what I want to have worked out. I definitely want and which is why we need to know more. So it's it's a situation of a plea of can you give us more yeah. info on how this is gonna yeah. get balanced out, what you're aiming for here in the long run. And even though uh, guns may be shredded off your ship, the notion is, that's the question is, are we being realistic? Is it fun? And I would say that's not fun. So I would say they would have some approach. Uh, uh, smart hater, sorry, didn't uh, uh, mention in there. You said, well, I've run thousands of rounds of ammo through my Lee Enfield without fatal wear occurring, but overheat damage should be a thing though. As a as a Brit who has fired a weapon and got very scared by it, and therefore I'm almost aware of your ways. Um, yes, <laughs> uh, overheat should be a thing, uh, but the concept of fatigue it it all really depends. I mean, because it's like you can have fatigue of the weapon, or you can fatigue of the projectile. And um, what does uh, the concept of uh, projectile fatigue mean in terms of its efficiency upon hit? Um, so there could be something. I don't know. But this is going to be one of those things that I think we should be open-minded about. Oh, yeah. But also critical of. Because yep. uh, this is one of those things where uh, this is... 
could you imagine you know we're just mining we're, we're, we're reading women's own or uh tv guide or, or or something we're just kicking back and we hear obviously because we read these things because we don't have the internet in in our world <laughs> uh <laughs> we we hear about this game called star citizen it's been five years in development and bang it's going to come out in about eight months it's going to be fantastic look at the marketing campaign they're pushing it yeah by then we're fucked so let's see. we don't have that we have the open um see how the sausage is made and we can praise and mm -hmm. critique and we can feedback so let's see how it goes and let's just make sure that we're um helpful constructive and vocal in our praise and in our criticisms and if there's anything that we can feedback on this that will bring value fuck it let's go for it um so actually agree yeah well thank you so uh there is one thing i did want to kind of mention as well because um, this week we got uh, updated Idris information. Yes. Um, I don't know if you <laughs> saw that. Yeah. So um, Uncle Ben uh, basically uh, gave uh, an internal uh, wiki share. Sorry if you heard that. That's the cat again. Um, uh, laser pointer. Oh, yeah. Actually, I did buy three laser pointers. Excuse me. Yeah, didn't work. Um, so <laughs> just give just giving a wee update and uh, did a, like a stat kind of update and share. Um, nothing uh, too untoward, you know. We kind of you know ex expect everything. I mean, obviously, it's still able to land, but um, I flagged this to Grackies, and I yes. do like I do like this that if we look at the shield stats. Um, we've got, let me just find it, shield generator, we got four times uh, on their capital level, but we don't know the name of them yet, the capital level, and they're in the shield generator room. And then we've got two times, again, need to be confirmed, medium uh, level uh, in the bridge. Yep. So, so you got very happy. I got very happy because there's the scene in Return of the Jedi with them yelling, the shields are down, and then going, oh my god, and then you see the A-wing spiraling right for the executor's bridge. And I went, oh, oh, <laughs> let's aim for those shield generators because I'm going to hug the bridge of a capital ship. If they have oh, specific shields for the bridge, I can hug the bridge. Oh, that's going to be so good. I've always think, seen you as a bridge hugger. Um, but what will be in interesting is um, uh, you know, shield generator. So we've got, because these are two of, so we don't have the size. And obviously we don't even, I mean, this, um, so the power plants has a, a two times name to be confirmed in the reactor room in the uh, as capital level. We've got four medium in the hangar, and we've got two medium in the bridge. So basically what we could have is the absolute uh, chalk kind of, you know, uh, you're never going to get in. Yeah. It's so good to try. I'm going to make it happen. People say you'll never get in when it comes to me, or you'll, you'll never, you know, clip through there, or you'll never get to this place. I, I do. It's me. This will happen. 
I will make it happen. I will recreate my moment, and I will hug the bridge of a capital ship taking it out. For, for to, in, to be honest, in order to do that, you need you need a man inside you. It sounded like you said you at the end of that. No. Are you sure? No. I caught it. I knew it. What? What? Uh, and Smart Hater made a good point here. Never understood why the bridge isn't buried in the center of the ship. And that's a, that's an, that's an interesting wee observation there. Uh, I think it's because uh, they like to take photos. It's all about the photos. It's all about the photo. Hey, selfie. Um, See the ship in the background coming right yeah. up on them. Yeah. So what, I mean, I think with that kind of thing, you're really looking at sabotage. You're looking at somebody who can be on bridge, who can take, or something who can sabotage the shield system. Someone who so you can, can cut the shields. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, be, some, you, you, you can be Han, someone can be your Obi-Wan. Uh, the interesting smart hater about the bridge is why I totally, totally, it's kind of like the, I think the idea is that they can have this bridge here for ultimate viewability, but equally it's going to be like a Fort Knox It's going to be so protected. So it's going to, it's not going to be, uh, easy to kind of destroy and take out. But I do know, like, the 890 has two bridges. Mm. It has its scenic bridge, and then actually is a bridge further front. So I, well, I mean, we haven't seen the Idris, but I would imagine it. And also, like, the, the Enterprise, uh, all the, uh, uh, you know, ships have battle bridges, is what I'm saying, yes. or backup bridges. I mean, even the TARDIS had its secondary console system, uh, as used uh, during Tom Baker at one point where they had a bit of a thing uh so yeah so obviously Doctor Who know, references for those nerds out there i think they got it so um yeah so i fuck i said um so they will have they, <laughs> they yeah so i'd imagine they have to have a second bridge but obviously that's just pure conjecture and the guaranteed i'll be proved wrong um fuck so what else what else caught your eye sir this week those were the big things, really. I mean, we've, we've gone through my list. Uh, okay. Uh, so Was there something thing, else remaining? Yes. Minor things. So what I saw, I saw two things this week. Uh, one was Pedro. Um, so Pedro Macedo Camacho is the person who's composing the Star Citizen music. Mm -hmm. And uh, middle of the week, uh, he was working with a 100-piece orchestra for the next stage of recording of the soundtrack. Oh, that's begun this month. That's right. He did yeah, say there's going to so be more recording. Been working on that. And there was actually something mentioned in... <laughs> Sorry, Smart Hater, uh, I love you. Even a TARDIS, do not disrespect the TARDIS, best ship ever. Yes. I don't know if it's absolutely. really a ship, though. It's a ship. Are you sure it's a ship and not some sort of interdimensional gate? Oh my god, I've decided to order you a, a, a measure of why don't you go and fuck yourself. It's, How to it's, piss off Doctor uh, Who fans. 
Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you have to poke geekdom somewhere. You have to. Even as a geek myself, it, it just, it you know, it's the internet. I have to do it once in a while. I have to. It's sitting right there. You made it too easy. Still, fuck you. <laughs> the, um... So... So, in RTV today, they were talking about, will all the ships be ready uh, for launch? Mm -hmm. And they then raised, well, well, what is launch? I mean, have we launched already? So uh, we're big into TARDIS conversations in chat. And we, we're going to follow up with this later. So the they basically talked about, you know, well, what is launch? And they, uh, I think it was Ben made a comment that every ship up to the, we can expect every ship up to the Endeavour to be uh, complete and ready by end of beta. Up to the Endeavor, but not the Endeavor? Uh, well, unfortunately, I only caught that in the transcript, so I can't be 100% sure. So I'm wondering if it's up to or up to and including. Big difference. Well, uh, now, we might get a couple of fast tracks. You know, I think, was it the Sabre came after the Endeavor? I can't remember the sequence. Can't remember. Uh, yeah, but so we'll get a, probably a, you know a couple of X X Y Zs. So I think that's a very good expectation set because we are going to have more ships coming out. I mean, hell, I still want that Polaris Corvette, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will be out by live. I just want the Dragonfly. Now that was an interesting one today because you know how you and I were talking about how it could be. Uh, a choice between can it land on planet versus can it do quantum? Yeah. So the most recent update there is it's not going to do quantum. That's fine. I just want my space motorcycle. But they did have a fantastic visualization. So you're in a caterpillar. Now the the side doors could open. The doors open on both sides of each of the con of the bay things. So you could literally fly in and open your doors and just have, you know, X number of people swarm out in their dragonflies to swarm around ships. Yeah. Karen has arrived. <laughs> oh, lovely jubbly. Uh, I think, I think that's pretty much everything unless I've missed stuff. No, I, I think that's it. Oh, oh no. You apparently missed something. What was it? I did miss something. So now to the to the people of the colonies we call America, um, uh, you, you, you may not have noticed this, but we have a thing called the BAFTAs over here, uh, British Academy of Film and Television Awards. Or you Arts, mentioned it say. to me. Yeah, so these BAFTAs, uh, they're basically uh, happen about a week or so before the Oscars. So uh, they're very prestigious and almost completely ignored by the state. Fuck yous. They do, however... Culture elsewhere. What's that? Yeah. They do, however, have uh, game BAFTAs, and they actually celebrate and acknowledge games. And mm -hmm. uh, the awards happened last night. And... Mm. Uh, so uh, let me read out a couple of these and uh, to chat as well. And let's get the kind of feelings like, what's this? What you would have thought? So the best game award went to Fallout 4. Okay, I could see it. Yeah. 
The now because it's British, we have a British game, which to be honest, I think is incredibly wrong. I don't think we should have a British game. This is this is a, a very respected uh, uh, institute. We don't need to localize it. That's like Oscar saying the best American actor on exactly, top of best exactly, actor. yeah. So, um, but we do have best foreign your, film. <laughs> brace, yeah, brace yourself, Sheila. Uh, the best British game was a Batman Arkham, Arkham Knight by Rocksteady Studios. No, because that wasn't a game. That was a broken piece of shit. Yeah. Now, if that's the sim of the British gaming industry, well, fucked. Um, so, yeah. Maybe it was I, the I, only I, game that came out by a British studio. <laughs> so they won by default that's the only thing i can think of because anything else would have been better yeah so uh i well no to be honest there is there are there's another well yeah uh i just can't believe i mean i saw that this morning and i did a uh we also had her story as the best debut game uh do you know her story vaguely i i i saw ads i believe for it so i've just picked it up i'm actually going to play it and i can talk about it next week uh it's basically uh a murder mystery investigation using video footage fan footage and various shots and sorts mm-hmm. it won for debut game game innovation uh mobile and handheld game um it did very well uh, we also had uh life is strange everyone's gone to the rapture or in the blind forest uh, the best family game mm-hmm. was rocket league rocket league is a good game and also it won best multiplayer and best sport game. So I'm not sure I'd call it a family game. Have you seen the chat in Rocket League? Well, well true, but I think family actually all played in the same room. So mm. maybe 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 the talk is very salty, I don't know. <laughs> it brings it out in everyone. <laughs> um, Go fuck so, yourself, mommy. Oh, mommy, have you heard of the aristocrats? <laughs> so uh bloodborne won game design smite hmm. won esports audience award uh and prison architect won for persistence have you played prison architect i've seen it i haven't actually played it myself but it, it's pretty good it's like yeah. building a future america no it's building the current america i didn't even say that but my god you have made prisons a business that's quite shocking yeah, and, it is. Uh, Help us. Yes, and the Fellowship Award uh, went to John Carmack, so that was quite nice. But yeah, there's uh, if you if you take a look, see, I'm actually going to um, throw this in chat a link so so chat can see this. You can get the full list of winners. There you go. So um, I think that's us. Dublar, where can we find you, sir? Oh, say it with more feeling. So, Dublar, now that we're at the end of the show, where can we find you, sir? Well, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Thackeray. That's D-O-U-B-L-A-R-T-H-A-C-K-E-R-Y. And Grackly. Grackly's. 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 So, hey, Grackly's, where can we find you? 
You can find me on twitch.tv slash grockies, G-R-A-K-E-E-S. You search the web anything under grockies and you'll find me, my Twitter, my YouTube, and so on and so forth, and everything else. Absolutely. And um, we've, 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 I mean, we don't want to talk numbers, but oh my God, we've been very lucky with so many fans and supporters. And with that, we'd love nothing more than for you to talk about and share your reviews, your uh, your star reviews or your upvotes or wherever you find us. Uh, we 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 had um, we've were mentioned in the in the uh, community hub for the uh, RSI uh, Robert Space Industries website. Unfortunately, they had a massive reset and and everybody lost all their data. So we're, uh, we're yeah. So we're, we're we're like a tiny number of votes right now. So if you want to upvote us absolutely go for it there and uh pop a review on itunes or wherever you get this uh, this podcast um every little helps uh we are just bums who love to chat we have fun and we talk game you know we're learning but we're having it's, it's all good <laughs> so from us to you that's all for the week scream really loud right now at your earbud and and see if we hear you scream if you want to go faster Right. Love you lots. I'm going to drink wine. Grackies, it's been wonderful. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye, guys. If you like what you heard, please do feel free to follow us. We also do video stuff as well. And give us a review on iTunes. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or just indifferent. We want to hear what you have to think. Well, not everything you have to think. I mean, that, that could be a lot. <laughs>